Last time on This Paranormal Life. They saw something they didn't expect. Four giant animals walking upright. Indians have told of the mountain devils for over 60 years. People are wondering, is it even safe for anyone to be around Mount St. Helens anymore? But as days pass, Henry is in the woods. Henry said, It was at twilight when I came across an animal. A huge bear. But as soon as I lifted my gun to my shoulder and aimed it at him, it turned to me and said, Stop! Welcome back to part two of this paranormal life's investigation into the mountain devils of Mount St. Helens, Washington. Eddie, everything's to play for here, guys. We don't know what direction this is going to go in. Is it going to be a yes, a no? Is it going to turn out to be um, Scooby-Doo style, the owner of the woods itself in an outfit? We don't know. Who was, I think, President Reagan or some shit. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's all to play for. I don't personally know. And that's why we're going to cut to a live stream of the forest right now. (laughs) So empty. You're like, I don't personally know. Rory personally doesn't care. Let's go into today's episode. (laughs) So if you haven't gathered by now, folks, if you're tuning in and this is your first experience of the mountain devils of Mount St. Helens, probably worth checking out episode one. That was last week. Um, we're going to pick up right where we left off. So last time we followed the tale of Fred Beck and his friends and fellow gold prospectors trekking in the wilderness surrounding Mount St. Helens, Washington in 1924. They stumbled across a group of cryptids, some sort of Sasquatch-like beasts that stalk the forest. And after Fred shot one, later that night they exacted their revenge, attacking the men in their own cabin. Once this got to local press, witnesses started coming forward, saying that they too had seen the beasts, calling them the Seatic tribe. And one Henry Napoleon had an absolutely extraordinary story. Last week, we ended right as this cryptid turned to him and spoke. Now, Mr. Henry Napoleon confirmed that this creature in front of him was exactly as described by Fred Beck and his company. Huge, covered in black hair and around seven feet tall. Henry said that the Seatic spoke to him and asked him to sit down and explained how he had sensed him coming psychically and that his mind had been projected to his distant relatives somehow. Right, because these these are cryptids, but they also, from the information we gathered in episode one, uh, they possess some sort of psychic capabilities. Is that right? <laughs> I think I went online and said wizards, but I think that might have been a step too far. Sure. I think they just have sort of, they can hypnotize people. Is that right? Exactly right. Well remembered. Um, They have the power to hunt their prey, things like deers and elk, presumably, through the power of hypnotism, which is weird because they're seven foot and jacked as shit, but somehow they use Derek Brown level intrigue to kill their prey. They don't need that. that. That's insane. I feel like if you're like a bodybuilder, you also don't need mind control capabilities. Yeah. You're already pretty strong. You could just punch someone in the nose and kill them. It's like a military general using card <laughs> tricks to distract the enemy before nuking them. Yeah, it's, it's completely redundant. It's like, It's like a pretty cool party <laughs> trick, but... It's definitely not necessary. It's like the world's number one UFC fighter also having knives for hands. <laughs> it's like he's already pretty strong and he's a really good fighter. He doesn't need knife hands. Sure, they help in the UFC fighting. 
I'm just imagining the uh, knife hands trained uh, UFC martial artist being like, Sensei, I want to sit my black belt uh, and get get my jujitsu black belt. And he's like, you don't need it, bro. (laughs) You've killed everyone in the league. Not using jujitsu, by the way. Those choke calls didn't do much good. You took one right hook and slit their throats, every one of them. A chokehold just stabs them. It doesn't work. By the way, even if I gave you the belt, you're not going to be able to put it on. You're going to chop it up, buddy. It's basically Edward Scissorhands. (laughs) Trying to learn martial arts. Henry said that after they talked for some time, he was invited into the Seatic home. He said, quote, Though it was now dark, the Seatic followed the trail very easily. You got night vision too? <laughs> of course. Night vision, mind control, knife hands and a monkey body. It's the they ultimate the killer. <laughs> soldiers of the future. The military need to harness this technology. People didn't realize Captain America was actually a failure he didn't have any knife hands he didn't even look like a monkey he was just a jacked man uh master chief john 117 from the popular series halo was actually based on the ape man of mount st helens because these things with plasma grenades could borderline take over an entire galaxy 100 percent then the trail started going underground and after hours of travel which is miles traveling underground oh my god uh, we came to a large cave which he said was the home of his people and that during winter they lived in different caves dotted around the northwest he specifically mentioned vancouver island apparently there's a bunch of these caves on vancouver island which is wow. pretty interesting so i guess if you live in a cave miles underground you're gonna need the night vision yeah, that makes sense. While visiting the Seatic underground lair, he learned much about their way of life. For example, that they can apparently speak basically any language of the Northwest Native American tribes, and that they only travel at night. And one of my favorite pieces of information was when Henry asked them why almost no one had ever seen them. I mean, even if they do only travel at night, how could they have gone more or less unnoticed this entire time? And they explained that they have a special plant medicine. If you thought they were powerful, wait for this. They have a plant that they rub all over their bodies, making them invisible. No! And that, combined with the power of hypnotism, makes them the deadliest hunters of all. Are you serious? I don't know if he means, like, invisibility cloak Harry Potter style invisible, or if he means, like, this is a Ram- Rambo-style, yes. I've got mud on my face. Yes. That sort of thing. Yeah. It could be either. It could be interpreted uh, interpreted as either one, to be fair, yeah. And, I mean, they could demonstrate this to Henry in the underground cave, and he wouldn't know what the fuck was going on. He so can't like, he see, can see two feet that. in front of him, yeah. <laughs> it's like them saying we have a, a special um, plant we eat that helps us see perfectly in the night, and they're all just eating carrots. Right. And that's, you know, that's just a bit of lost in translation comment there, because, you know, that's, that's is that a that's, is that a true fact, or is that like an old wives' you tale? You didn't make that up. No, that's real. That's okay. vitamin A and carrots is for eyesight, right? Sure, so that can help. We, we have a plan that makes us go invisible. They rub mud on themselves. So there's a lot of things like this that would be interesting to really get to the bottom of what they're talking about. Mm. I mean, if they have like a radish that allows them to time travel, okay. then that's that's definitely, I think, paranormal. There's the time travel radishes. We got the psycho dive potatoes. Do you have anything that doesn't have some sort of paranormal consequence? Nope. Here's astral projection candy. 
you'd be really disappointed if you try one of the time travel radishes and it's just them all eating a radish and then having a nap going eight <laughs> hours into the future. It's like, okay, so actually that one wasn't paranormal either. But like we said, this is immediately way more paranormal than even Fred Beck first imagined. At first, we thought these might have been some kind of cryptid, some undiscovered species that went violent on Fred. But according to Henry, they are psychic and invisible. But Henry also learned a crucial piece of information that would make a little more sense of what happened to Fred and his company in the woods. While the Seatic are secretive and peaceful and almost never seen by humans, they do have a code, a mafia-style rulebook. Henry was told that if a human injures or kills one of their people, they will, quote, generally take 12 lives in exchange for one. Whoa! Which immediately accounts for the whole trying to murder everyone with boulders thing. Right, okay, that makes sense. I just love how casual that is. Generally, we will murder 12 humans. <laughs> generally speaking. I guess they've worked out the the worth of one of their lives in human lives. So they're like, humans they have a can't... pretty low opinion of humans. I guess so. Apparently. I guess like humans can't turn invisible. They can't see in the dark. Yeah. They're actually pretty squidgy. Pretty and scrawny. Weak. So sure, I'm jacked as hell. I, I, I'm basically an invisible night wizard. Yeah. So I am worth at least 12 humans. I think that's a fair assumption. <laughs> I'm willing to buy to our new ape overlords. <laughs> and this is apparently why the Northwestern tribes know not to f*** with them. Even when they apparently regularly steal all their dried meat, salmon, and as we discussed before, sometimes women. They know that retaliation means instant death. They have to take about 14 of them, though, because <laughs> a human wife is not the same as a, a giant invisible night monkey wife. They are the Victoria's Secret models <laughs> of the ape men. I swear to God. All of them have Instagram followers over a mill. <laughs> They're doing promotional work for hashtag time travel radish. They're plugging all the hottest products. I would love to see an ape man social media platform. <laughs> what does that look like for for night wizard apes? Well, first off, we couldn't. All the photos that are uploaded are just pitch black. Of course, we can't see anything, but it's actually pretty tasteful nudes under there. <laughs> And look, I realize that we're basing pretty much all of our seatic lore on the words of Mr. Henry Napoleon right now. And granted, he's making some pretty wild claims about these creatures. But the Oregonian reported that there are actual witnesses to attacks by these creatures. In 1924, one L. Peter James and his mother, Mrs. James, of the Duwamish tribe spoke to the Oregonian. They said... Quote, they took our young men like toys, turning them upside down and ripping them in two like a piece of calico. Jesus! Never again did the Duwamish tribe seek revenge when their women and babies were stolen. Oh my god! Which is absolutely insane. That what Henry Napoleon is saying isn't just similar to other stories we've heard, like folklore, but it's literally being described to the press by men and women from other tribes. This woman is saying that her people were ripped apart. Yeah, I knew these night monkeys were strong, but I didn't realize <laughs> they could just pull humans apart. I saw on one forum where people were discussing this uh, kind of in the last couple of years, someone was like, I mean, I know they're like seven or eight foot tall and built like night beasts, <laughs> but 
he was like, does the physics work that if you just pull, hang someone upside down and pull their head downwards, would that rip their head off? Yeah. And I think everyone was like, no, if you're Shaq and you're eight foot tall, no. Yeah. But I guess if you, what if you, if you were holding someone upside down and you went like leg, leg apart, like down the middle, like split them down the middle, <laughs> would that work? It's really the least of our concerns when they have hypnotism and invisibility. I We just have to assume they're super powerful as well. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, you don't ask Harry Potter if there's a spell that can cut a human in half. He's already a wizard. Just assume it exists. <laughs> just assume it exists. And don't ask. Yeah. Because if you ask him and he says it out loud, you might be on the receiving end of that <laughs> bad boy. And whilst I personally know almost nothing about these particular nations... I did watch a movie about a murder in a remote native reservation once. And I think that if we're going back decades before 1924, potentially into the 1800s, it is entirely possible that crazy stuff went on that never made the attention of the United States authorities. Right. Because we like to think that if this happened even in 1800s New York, that the police are going to know about it. It's going to be like a report. Yeah, yeah. But these reservations, if they were kind of left to their own, left to govern themselves, left to decide what goes on in their own reservation, stuff might go on that didn't get reported to the outside. That's very true, So yeah. it, it is possible that this happened and then just decades later, Mrs. James is like, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, my son was ripped apart by a night beast. Yeah. Now, it goes without saying that if the state newspaper is printing this kind of stuff every day... People are freaking out. Can you imagine? Like, do you remember, for example, a number of years back, it was all over UK press that farmers around the UK were seeing panthers in the countryside. I do remember this, yeah. It's kind of a weird back-of-the-brain memory, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But the UK press blew up a while ago with big cats sighted all over the UK. And it was a weird kind of mass hysteria time where I don't think there was ever any evidence of panthers being found in Northern Ireland or Wales, <laughs> but everyone kind of believed it. And farmers were telling the press with a straight face, I saw two tigers, you know, rip apart a sheep last night. Of course. Yeah. Those uh, things really get, it's, it's very easy when a, a news story that exciting uh, picks up attention and spreads like wildfire. It's like when um, that, uh, that person in Florida had all those bath salts and ate another man's face. <laughs> and everyone was like, well, this is it. This is, it's the zombie apocalypse. It's happening right now. This is the first case on TV and it's all going to kick off from here. And it's so funny the way different countries report on the same story or how they can be reported differently. Because I only realized a few years later that around the same time, in the UK, there was a big there was a big surge in illegal highs, and that's what everyone was worried about: Chinese designer drugs coming to the UK, technically legal, um, being taken by teens all around the UK because right. they could order it online and take it. Um, I only found out years later that's what bath salts was, and that this thing in America that they were like, "Oh, you take bath salts, you're going to eat someone's face," that was the same literal same drugs that people in the UK were partying on. That's... What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. Good Lord. What a terrible poster for that drug. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, ease, you know, you have maybe, like, a bit of a weird experience, see some crazy stuff. I don't know. Smoke some weed sure. and it'll chill you out. 
Maybe try some bath salts and uh, people's faces just start looking real good. Real juicy sirloins walking around talking to you. It just looks like a, like a KFC crunch box <laughs> in the place of eyes. Little chicken dippers. A whole new meaning to the term raging face. People... <laughs> People basically look like their faces just become those um, potato smiley faces <laughs> on a human body. <laughs> so, you know, any normal time during the week or during the day, you don't really fancy them. But at 3 a.m. on a Friday night. Oh, yeah. When you've had a little bit to drink and a little bit of bath salts, craving it. But yeah, like I say, so imagine the papers were reporting invisible cryptids that steal women and have a kind of bloods versus crips attitude towards <laughs> revenge killings. That obviously sent people into a frenzy. Yeah. So the local authorities had no choice but to investigate and intervene. Put it this way, it was the United States Forest Service who jumped in, who in terms of authority, I think are somewhere between CIA agents and the park ranger from Yogi Bear. Right. <laughs> that sweet spot. <laughs> it's quite a gray area because a lot of the time they're just working with plants, but occasionally they get uh, shipped in to gun down a horde of Sasquatch. Of course, yeah. They have to be equipped for all eventualities. Because you can kill a plant. It's easy to do that. Sure. No one says a word. There's not little <laughs> narc plants ratting you out. You can go around and just cut a branch and no one's going to say shit. Yeah, you don't get like a price on your head <laughs> for, no. for taking out some weeds. You don't have to sleep in fear every night that vines will wrap your body and kill you enacting some sort of vegetating revenge. I mean, they might. I feel like if you talk to a forest ranger, they'd be like, everyone thinks it's all picnics and fun and games out here. It's a war zone, let me tell you. He just shows you like a nettle sting on his arm. <laughs> Got this one in 08. That should have healed by now. Why has that not healed? I don't eat any vegetables. I don't trust them. <laughs> Probably why it doesn't heal, then. It's like, what do you eat? Meat? Meat plants that can talk? I don't think so. Guess what cows eat, dumbass? It's like, yeah. first off, don't call me a dumbass. How did you get this job in the first place? Job? I was born in the woods. <laughs> I don't eat vegetables. I don't eat meat. I live clean off sweet, delicious Chinese pharmaceuticals. Like bath salts? <laughs> the very same. <laughs> the very same, Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> like I say, it maybe doesn't sound ideal to have the Forest Service on this, but hey, they know the forest best. Right. And they are the guys for the job, whether we like it or not. So Rangers J.H. Huffman and William Welsh hiked into the forest with... Fred Beck, the same prospector who originally shot the mystery ape man and was knocked out by their boulders. Which, by the way, seems like an incredibly risky idea given that we've just learned that they'll kill 12 people in exchange for one of them. So this is a bit like sending a bunny into an alligator enclosure. Exactly. These ape men are just pounding their fist waiting for Fred to come back into the forest. It's true. So they hike through the wilderness and Beck takes them to the cliff where he first shot the ape man and where it <laughs> unprovoked by the way i think we've established they didn't do anything no and where it supposedly fell off the edge into the canyon now right off the bat despite fred describing the canyon as quote inaccessible one ranger easily scrambled down into it and found nothing there okay no not a good start 
no body, no ape man wallet with a photo ID, <laughs> no ape man gravestone where he might have been buried. Of course, nothing. But hey, we don't know the rituals of this tribe. The night beast could have come uh, the following day, retrieved the body, given it some sort of ceremonial uh, passage onto the next life. We don't know what <laughs> they do. This is Fred Beck talking to the rangers. They're walking <laughs> away. Hey, guys. In my defense, I think I, I heard they eat the bones of the dead. To, to leave no evidence. I think when he fell off the edge, I heard the others say, yum. <laughs> actually, in hindsight, I might have just nicked him. I think he actually got away with the other guys. Like you say, maybe the ape men recovered the body, took it away. No biggie. So instead, Fred took them to the site of the camp where the boulders had been thrown at them. The place he almost died. But the rangers simply weren't buying it. They turned to each other and were like... This looks a lot more like the prospectors just move these boulders here after the fact. But why would they falsify it? And not only that, but even Fred's silver bullet evidence, the alleged footprints of the ape men in the dirt, he showed them to the rangers, and they basically believed he just made them with his own hands. A bit like whenever you were at primary school and you make like... Oh, baby feet? Baby with feet your, with, your, with your... The bottom of your fists? Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I feel a bit conflicted about that because it's easy to make baby feet. I don't know if you can make like Bigfoot feet. Yeah, like because that. you have to, you, you, especially in soil, you know, because you need to get the depth right. Yeah. Uh, in, in correlation with the weight of the creature. But it's then hard. maybe that's what's off here. Maybe that's why they're not buying it. It's hard to say. I guess it does. They're casting doubt on it. And it's, I'd love it if he went and showed it to them and it was just baby feet. He'd, he'd done the baby feet imprints with his hands. I didn't say they had big feet. They're just eight foot tall. And so, a frustrated Fred Beck and the Rangers returned to town. And immediately, they broke this news to the press, supposedly blowing Fred's story out of the water. The story they had been running for weeks at this point. This was the only story in town. Oh boy. For some... This confirmed their suspicions that the prospectors were liars, that it all never happened. But for others, there was now a trail of witnesses at this point. The Native American accounts that together was too convincing a picture for two rangers to just brush off as falsified evidence. It had become arguably bigger than Fred Beck at this point. At least it's interesting now we know that the forest rangers are goddamn MIB narcs. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. But what was Fred their, brought them what out was their there. Names, I'm gonna call them out right here: J.H. Huffman and William Welsh. Unbelievable. Those are some government names if I've ever heard them before. Real name: Agent Smith and Agent <laughs> and Michael in Black. These guys went out with Fred to cover their asses. Fred was like, "Oh, no one can make it down into this ravine." Probably Michael in Black calls in a chopper. Yeah, goes down on a rope. Yeah, kicks this monkey skeleton into a hole and says there's nothing here they go check out the boulders they put fred's fingerprints all over him say oh fred's fingerprints are on the boulders they're probably covering up the real tracks and leaving baby feet behind there was probably a goddamn mayan temple <laughs> to an ape god with exactly. all sorts of glowing runes all over it. Which and they said, bring in the bulldozers. Exactly. They've used Photoshop to make it look like a Burger King. Fred's on his way out of the forest and he's like, I don't remember having all this whiskey on me when I entered the forest. They're planting shit on him. Bath salts, yeah. booze. Yep. 
It's, it, I know what's happening here. We both know what's happening here. It's fine. Did I mention Michael in black is eight feet tall, <laughs> hairy as all hell, baby feet, but completely invisible. How are they on the inside? <clears throat> they turn to Fred. They're like, you know what, Fred? I don't think this story is real and you're never going to see us again. They start applying mud to themselves. He's like, I can still see you. You're not invisible. I love the idea of um, Fred sending down one of these monkey MIB agents to look for the body. And Fred's like, is there anything down there? And he's just down there, like, looking down at his friend, wiping a tear away. Like, <laughs> no, there's, there's nothing here. Rest in peace, brother. <laughs> the world will, will not know our secret yet. <laughs> Working for the CIA. <laughs> for their own people. Rest in peace, brother. He closes his little skeleton monkey eyelids. I know you never trusted my ways, <laughs> but I'm going to keep our tribe safe. But the main thing is, this information was not out there, whether the rangers believed it or not. And this story became wildly popular, causing this area to be known as Ape Canyon. Ooh. And it was influential in the kind of Bigfoot Sasquatch phenomenon as a rare piece of first-hand evidence. And this is something we haven't miraculously we haven't really brought up to this point but is the obvious glaring similarities to bigfoot that we just discussed on episode goddamn one right so is the implication here that bigfoot is in fact simply one of the creatures in this tribe absolutely i mean the similarities are to name a few their location in the right. pacific northwest in these forested areas almost never seen seven to eight foot tall apes yeah. that are largely secretive but can turn violent not even getting into the discussion of supernatural abilities which is rumored about the bigfoot and then crucially as well the native american accounts that they seem to have a long and storied history with them to the point where they have a tribal name for them yeah i i don't necessarily know how many if any there are links between uh native american cultures and bigfoot yeah. Like, is there any direct correlation between those two things? Yeah. I mean, they... It, I don't know how much we talked about it on episode one because we weren't doing a great job in the old research, but uh turns you out... Watch your, by the way, you watch your goddamn mouth because that was the first episode and I actually researched that really hard. Okay, well, you didn't come up with the fact that Native Americans have known about the Sasquatch well, for I had, millennia. I had an interview with a man who punched Bigfoot. That's a pretty intimate knowledge of how the beast works. Okay, well, you didn't get to the woman <laughs> whose son was ripped apart by a Sasquatch. That came later, I think, or earlier. I don't know, but I... I, I I did a pretty good goddamn job at that, all right? And I think I, we came up on a no at the end of that episode. Sure, that wasn't the most convincing evidence, but there was evidence galore. <laughs> <laughs> it just all turned out to be bullshit. <laughs> I think you now agree with me that the evidence was bad. There was just a lot of it, is what you're trying to tell me? Was the episode good? No. Was the, was but the it research? Was long. <laughs> it was incredibly long and dull. Was the research good? No. Did it make any sense? Barely. But did it get uploaded? Yes. <laughs> and I rest my case, sir. Is it on <laughs> iTunes to this day? Getting one star review after one star review. <laughs> of course. From the MIBs. Despite there being more one star reviews than there could possibly be men in black in the world. <laughs> Thousands. Some of them have double accounts. <laughs> I know it. But... 
Despite all this renewed interest in the ape men and the Seatic tribe as described by the Native Americans, it would be several decades later until new evidence would shine new light onto what went on that day in Mount St. Helens, 1924. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Or in August 1963, a new headline hit newsstands around Oregon and Washington titled Ape Canyon Holds Unsolved Mystery. It covered the recent disappearance of a skier, Jim Carter, and interviewed an experienced and well-known local mountaineer, Bob Lee, about what happened and the search effort for Jim. He said, On the way down the mountain, Jim left the other climbers at a landmark called Dog's Head at the 8,000 foot level. He told them he would ski around the left and take a picture of the group as they skied down the mountain, but that was the last anyone saw of Carter. The next morning, they launched a search party trying to retrace his footsteps. Firstly, they found a discarded film box at the point where he had taken the picture. Now immediately, this might be a little weird for him to just throw his uh, carton of film onto the mountainside instead of take it with him. Yeah. But hey, maybe he's a litter bug. It's not the craziest thing to ever happen. Maybe he forgot, but Bob explained. From here, Jim evidently 
took off down the mountain in a wild, death-defying dash, taking chances that no skier of his caliber would take unless something was terribly wrong or he was being pursued. Uh-oh. He jumped over two or three large crevices and evidently was going like the devil. And when Jim Carter's tracks reached the precipitous sides of Ape Canyon, the search team were amazed to see that Carter had been in such a hurry that he went right down the steep canyon walls. But they didn't find him at the bottom. We combed the canyon, one end to the other, for five full days. Sometimes there were as many as 75 people in the search party. Oh my gosh. But nothing. And after two weeks, the search was called off. Carter's complete disappearance is an unsolved mystery to this day. Dr. Otto Trott, Lee Stark, and I finally came to the conclusion that the apes got him. Great conclusion. <laughs> Pretty weird. Did they ever develop the photographs? Was there? Did he take any pictures from the roll that was uh, recovered? So they didn't get the roll, I think. I think they got the carton that the roll was in. Oh, damn. Yeah, that would have been kind of interesting. Right? Yeah, to see what was going on. <laughs> the first photo. Oh, nice picturesque scene of the sunset. Oh, there's the skiers going down the mountain. Holy shit, is that an army of ape men? And then just photo after photo taken by the ape men of them raging at night. Yeah, what? really messy selfies as well. They obviously were just trying to take them themselves. Uh, this is really interesting. Very. You know, we've covered a, a couple cases in the past where people have been by themselves and made uh, irrational decisions. Yes. Uh, where the only conclusion is that they were being pursued yes. by someone. Um, and hell, if you're being pursued by someone on Ape Canyon, there's only one answer, people. It's the it's the night beast. It's either the canyon or the ape. Yeah. <laughs> and the canyon can't move. So it's the goddamn ape. As far as I know. But you'll have to tune in next week where we investigate the canyon in part three. <laughs> These rocks are borderline invisible and hypnotic. Uh, okay. All right. So this is the most recent case of um, someone going missing on Ape Canyon. As far as I'm aware, yeah. I mean, there's basically a couple things that line up there. The fact that he actually skied right to the edge, arguably chased to the edge of Ape Canyon, where a bit like the original ape that Fred Beck shot, went over the edge and was never seen again. Right. Very bizarre stuff. Not to find a trace of evidence. Not even a goddamn ski boot. Yeah. You know, like where did all the equipment go? How how proficient is this guy in skiing? Was that established? I think pretty damn proficient. Okay. I think the I think the idea idea here is that Bob Lee and and Jim and their accomplices were um, basically mountaineers. They were climbing up, potentially even to kind of off piste stuff that isn't skied regularly, right? And skiing down the side. That's the that's the impression I gathered. Um, and I think he mentions there that the kind of risks Jim was taking. He says a skier of his caliber would never take those risks. He'd be smart enough to know, yeah. He was jumping crevices, which an amateur skier could never do. No. I've been skiing before when I was like 15 or 16 in right. Germany. And um, I was going down a hill that was a little, little too steep for me. And an ape indeed <laughs> did start chasing me. Of course, yes. That's but why they call it a black run. It's named after the hair of the beast. <laughs> but I... Uh, you know, things got a little out of control. I started right. picking up a bit too much speed. Mm -hmm. You're trying to do the, the, the pizza, pizza the to the slow down. French fries. But that just becomes a gnarly James Bond 
ice spray because you're going too fast. Um, and I, I essentially accelerated to almost the speed of light oh. and went straight into a German family. Wow. Um, and when I hit that German family, I exploded skis went flying yeah my poles went off into the forest one of my gloves shot off i basically just fell apart like a lego man yeah so even if this guy did just crash off a freaking canyon yeah you think there'd be a boot or something you know in in the snow it's extremely true yeah like uh, same here anytime whenever i did it as a kid you, whenever you crash, you always feel like your leg is going to twist into some weird position because of all the weight of the ski. But those things are basically designed to, at the slightest impact, just pop right off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I once, uh, in anticipation for going off a tiny jump, uh, leaned backwards, uh, at which point my shoes popped out of the skis <laughs> and I fell <laughs> I fell backwards onto the skis like like you're doing that downhill skateboarding where you like lie on the board and i shot off uh the 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 tiny little bump and uh my skis just went flying down and they don't stop either they land and they go and they go they'll go down the whole mountain and unbelievably uh unluckily the same german family were limping from the a and e across the bottom of the slope and got taken out instantaneously a renegade ski went straight through the child's torso it was impaled immediately it was very unfortunate it would be fantastic if there had been you know multiple paranormal search parties going to this location because we've arguably got two bodies out there somewhere there should be some remnants after all this time of either the skis or one of the bodies even if they had been taken away by ape men that shit doesn't uh like biodegrade there should be some evidence somewhere Unfortunately, as I'm sure some of our North American listeners will know, Mount St. Helens blew the f*** up in 1980 uh, because it's a volcano. What? It turns out, yeah. It was, I think, the most destructive volcano eruption in North American uh, modern history. What, were they skiing on lava? (laughs) What is going on on this canyon? Uh, I'll show you a picture because as Europeans... Uh, well, you're American, but you know what I mean. We live here. We did. We kind of missed this. It was before our lifetimes. Um, I didn't realize it was a big ass explosion. I didn't know that there were any active volcanoes still in like mainland U.S. Oh yeah, baby. When Yellowstone blows, <laughs> you're gonna want a bunker. Okay. We all goes. That's what the old Pretty saying. Much. You can freak yourself out if you watch a documentary about the. Yellowstone is so dangerous. It's not even a volcano. It's like a super caldera. It's like a 20 mile wide volcano. If that thing, if that thing goes every, uh, get me fired up. You're getting very, you're being a volcano. (laughs) That thing explodes something like every 2 million years and we're due another one. (laughs) And when it goes, it wipes out about 90% of shit on earth. Is that true? Yes. How? That's terrifying. Yes. That's like, I can't even think about that. That's like the sun. You can't think about it or look directly at it or your your brain will melt. Like, why do you think there's all those cool... Uh, not hot springs? Hot springs? Hot springs and uh, geysers and stuff. Yeah. Why do you think it's got all those in Yellowstone? Because it's getting ready to pop. <laughs> That's terrifying. I'm going to show you a before and after shot of Mount St. Helens to give you a picture of... Uh, what went on okay 
So these top two images are the before and after of Mount St. Helen. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my... Is that what happens when a volcano erupts? Yeah, the, just the top gets sliced off, just exploded everywhere. Because in my head, it's like the cartoony sort of version where a volcano yeah. is basically like an earth cannon that yeah. shoots out lava and it all rains down. Yeah, it rains down like a, much like a geyser. This one just blew up. Mm-hmm. Like TNT style, completely gone. Just chunks of rock raining for miles. That is crazy. Uh, yeah, it killed 57 people. Um, 47 apes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get counted in the official death count. Yeah, it was unbelievably destructive, obviously. I mean, there's you can see there's in this image, there is millions of trees flattened um, pretty much to this day. But the surrounding forest was pretty much completely flattened by the pyroclastic flow. Damn. Yeah, I think... Um... You know, if you're looking for something to get rid of monkey bones, molten <laughs> molten lava will pretty much do the trick. I know I said the skis weren't biodegradable. <laughs> They'll degrade in lava. They will. You're not going to find them. Yeah. That said, pretty exciting reports in the last few years that one group of paranormal researchers went to try and find the campsite remnants of Fred Beck and co. And apparently they found like nails, like rusted ass old nails that look like they might have been held to pitch a tent or something like that oh. um which is quite exciting but let's be real they're not finding shit under all that no um, god those poor monkeys <laughs> it's like when you see videos where they pour like um liquid metal into a an ant's nest jesus yeah and then they they pull it out and you can see like all the, the oh little my god <laughs> that's what happened to these poor monkey bastards <laughs> it's so rude when they do that it's horrible, it's like, yeah. Wow, isn't nature amazing? We got to see the internal. You killed all of them. <laughs> they will never make something that cool again. It's like I, I saw a video. It was like kind of like an infomercial from God knows, maybe like the 1960s or 50s or something like that. And it was just a video um, showing people cutting down the great redwoods in California. <laughs> and while it was, they were doing it against. Uh, all of these incredible facts about the redwoods. Yeah. So it was like, some of these trees you see being cut down uh, would have been around the time that Jesus roamed the earth. And it's just like, <laughs> like this tree's pretty cool because Jesus actually blessed it. <laughs> and he said that if this tree was ever cut down, that humanity would also <laughs> die. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly depressing. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing here, folks. <laughs> Monkey lives lost. So, sadly, the real life evidence that could have existed to this day may have been wiped off the face of planet earth forever but thankfully there is one remaining source of information in this that if people do want to check out they can in 1967 a little bit before the eruption fred beck wrote a 22 page booklet detailing the events and his first-hand experience of the ape men it's called i fought the ape man of mount st helens Fought is probably a strong word for what he did, which was cowardly shoot one of them in the back and then get knocked out by one of their rocks a few hours later. Uh, As you can see from the front cover, it's very high budget, not at all, just drawn with a pencil. Oh, wow. That's the cover? (laughs) 
I guess it was the 60s. And so I didn't even know you could sell something called a pamphlet on Amazon. <laughs> I thought it was just books and ebooks. Pamphlets were very popular back in the day. I don't think people do enough pamphlets these days. Well, this is the first time I've actually seen a sketch of the creature as well, which is yeah. pretty interesting. Yep. It looks worryingly like a man, by the way. <laughs> he might have just shot <laughs> think, a man. I think he shot a hairy explorer. Yeah, because the the, the ape man's got a buzz cut. He, <laughs> I, he, I didn't want to bring it up. He, he, he said it was <laughs> head to foot in black hair, didn't speak a word. The uh, monkey's got a haircut and a human face. <laughs> <laughs> he's borderline wearing a crew neck t-shirt they just need to triple check that there wasn't a missing persons report on the same day that fred shot the night beast so i didn't bring up the this pamphlet too much because i just don't think it really reveals that much more than what we already talked about um he does go into quite a lot of detail into the broader picture of who the ape man could be. And he seems to kind of agree that it is the Sasquatch. It is the Native oh. American folklore beast. It is the thing that's seen all over the Americas. Um, and he also leans into kind of the uh, psychic and spiritual elements that he believes that these ape men, while not conscious in the same way as humans, maybe a bit more like animals, that they do have paranormal capabilities. Okay. So that's quite cool. However, it doesn't give us anything else in the realm of solid evidence to go on. And yet, we have to come to a conclusion at the end of this episode whether all of this shit really happened, whether the ape men of Mount St. Helens are paranormal and exist. That's a big question to ask. Um, it's tough, isn't it? We have, we got a couple good stories of people having encounters with these creatures. Yeah. We've got stories from local tribes, Native American tribes, that this is obviously something that's been, you know, is built into their heritage and their culture. Yeah. A lot of them said that they lived alongside these creatures for many years. But again, we need to look at the fact that we don't really have a lot of physical evidence, especially when some of these events took place around the time where you could take photographs. I mean, mm. what the the skier that went missing literally had a photograph on his person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it arguably, yes, for that era. And you would hope that in the decades since 1924, when this first started, you would hope in those decades, even before the eruption, that maybe a photo would have been taken. However, the original events happened pretty damn far back. Yeah, um, 1924. You weren't getting any snaps around then. No. Which is part of the frustrating lack of, despite all these beautiful first-hand accounts and local press coverage, which is really fantastic, we don't have pictures, let's say, of those alleged footprints and stuff yeah. like that. There's a couple strange events as well, like... Fred shooting the monkey and then not not checking up to see what it was or right. anything. Just le just sh shooting and killing a monkey and then walking away. Yeah. So he claimed apparently that this canyon was inaccessible, that he obviously looked over the edge and figured <laughs> it would be too dangerous to go down. Okay. Let's assume it's down there. But then the rangers came along and said, this thing was very accessible. We scrambled down there pretty easily. <laughs> Which again, of course, with night monkey powers, anything is accessible <laughs> to these guys. It could have been they up. They probably f <laughs> levitated down there. 
It could have been up a 50-foot redwood, and they would scramble up that bad boy and come down with berries. So it's hard to tell what truly is accessible and whether we can trust these quote-unquote forest rangers and their opinion. We have the local newspaper uh, running a bunch of articles on it. I mean, that in the past hasn't proved shit all on mm-hmm. this podcast because if we've learned anything from old-timey newspapers is that they will essentially print anything. Mm, it was to, a clickbait of its day, for sure. 100%. Yeah, if we've learned anything from the Beast of Bladenborough, from the Loch Ness Monster, from, from the any of these Jack, cases. fill in the blank. Of course. Um, so it's hard to really um, nail that down as concrete evidence. Uh, Kit, you were the main investigator in this case, how, how strongly do you feel about the possibility of this being something real? I am conflicted because on the one hand, we have fantastic first-hand evidence. And on this podcast, sometimes it's hard to believe a single source, the Fred Becks of this world, who have perhaps complicated motives. Um, this guy is a gold prospector for all we know. He's probably killed a bunch of people in his time. Oh, He's yeah. probably... I've seen there will be blood. He's probably... Yeah. I know what happens. It's a... It's a... It's a dark world out there, folks, of uh, these kind of lone rangers just wandering the Wild West, um, making up shit. So that could be <laughs> that could be a problem. But I want to believe these stories of these Native American peoples because what do they have to gain from bringing it up? Also, they ain't bringing it up because it's basically codified in their folklore. People from different tribes... They were all like, yeah, yeah, we've all got a different word for them, but they're, it's all the same thing. Yeah. Um, Siatik is just one of the many names for this creature. However, it troubles me that when you consider this story, almost all of it makes sense, first-hand accounts included, if you just replace Siatik or Sasquatch or Bigfoot with Big Bear. Yeah, unfortunately. That Jim Carter was on the side of Mount St. Helens skiing down... Yes, was chased over a ravine. Yes, chased into the wilderness. Yeah, by a bear or yeah. something. Something vicious that absolutely kills and eats every morsel of human available. Fred could have shot a papa bear with mama bear and the baby bear running off into the woods. And I don't know, maybe the thing fell down the canyon, was injured, but scrambled away. Yeah. And maybe it was uh, poached by other scavengers. Bears will eat other bears in certain circumstances. It's a berry bear world. <laughs> sorry, no, I meant to say bear eat berries world. These are vegetarian bears. Of course, sorry. Even in the Native American accounts, it is possible that through their anthropological history, it's built into their folklore a fear of these massive natural predators that absolutely would have threatened their communities, that those are built into the folklore, they gave them a name, and that they talk about them to this day as if they are the Sasquatch, something exceptional, but yeah. really they might just be a, a, a known species. Yeah, it's like understanding that threat and framing it through your culture and your worldview. All of a sudden, a bear that's just a threat to every human becomes a creature that lives in the woods and has powers because it killed a bunch of people once and is very strong. And I mean, it does trouble me that they are pretty specific. Like they actually call them a tribe. You know, it's not even, it's not just an animal to them. Yeah. Well, at one point they spoke English as well. Well, they spoke (laughs) the language of that particular, um, I think it was like the Duwamish tribe. Uh, They know all those Native American languages, apparently. uh, And that's why they call them a tribe's people. Um, But they do specify they're not animals, they're not humans, they're something in between. So that is troubling, 
But like I said, there's a little bit of doubt being cast also. In terms of the theories being offered up from different sources, I did think it was worth mentioning one explanation for what could have happened on that fateful day with Fred Beck. And let's say that thing was a bear. Okay. Maybe it was some natural thing. But what about the boulders? Where did the boulders come from? Of course. Because bears ain't doing revenge killings with boulders. No, 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 no. Well, one source claimed that for many years prior to the eruption of Mount St. Helens, you're not going to f- believe this, apparently boys from the local YMCA camp would hike regularly around Mount St. Helens. And one of the things they would do as tradition... Don't you dare say throw, throw boulders. rocks over the cliff God edge. damn it! By the way, not not boulders, not even rocks, but pumice stones. I don't know if you know what type of rock that is, but it's... <laughs> It's a, it's the lightest rock there is. I think I think it literally floats in water. It's a very unique type of rock. Good God. And this person argued that, of course, when the miners looked up in the middle of the night, they <laughs> saw the sh- shadowy silhouettes of beasts throwing rocks off the cliff edge onto the camp. And apparently the canyon itself would have, like shifted the sound of the boys like cries and yells right that they thought they were getting wailed on by ape men oh yeah you ever heard even if it's a light rock you ever heard light rock on like a tin roof it sounds like a cannon's gone off it's true it's crazy so that mixed with little boy monkey screams and and echoing around this huge canyon it's gonna sound like a nightmare so arguably I should have left that till after conclusions because that casts a little more doubt in the whole thing. Yeah. But, Rory, we have to come to a conclusion. What are you saying? Yay or nay? Is this truly paranormal or not? This case is just two bananas for me. It's going to be a no this week, unfortunately. Damn it. I got to say, I'm, I was pretty much on the fence. Like, if you had gone on with a yes, I probably would have been on board. You just blasted the story and the conclusions for the last five minutes. You said there were boys in the woods throwing boulders. But the rest of that shit, we're, ta- we're talking about people being ripped apart. Look, you, ha- you have me for the whole freaking story. If there's anyone in this world that's going to believe a paranormal story involving gorilla men, it's this guy. <laughs> Don't you dare bring that story up. I just feel like it's the perfect time to finally talk about the story of the Grillman. no goddamn way. But I guess it's conclusions. It is. Right. It is. There's absolutely no time. (laughs) As much as it might turn this into a yes, it's not worth it. I think today it's a double no, folks. We're not convinced. This is not... Listen, there's a ton, as we know, ton of Sasquatch experiences, ton of Bigfoot experiences out there. But when it comes to the ape man of Mount St. Helens in Washington, it's a no. It's a double no, folks. I would love though, because I'm 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 on the fence. If people out there have seen the beast, if people out there know stories, if they're from Oregon or Washington, they remember some of this stuff. Uh, please email us in at this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. I got pretty invested in this one. Hope hopefully you guys did too. If you've been to Monkey Eden and sampled the time travel radish. Please just send us a slice. Travel back in time because you're presumably in the future somewhere. And save us from doing this two-parter. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's story. If you can't get enough of this paranormal life, you just need more this paranormal life in your life. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life where from five bucks a month you can get access 
Two, a treasure trove, a treasure monkey trove, Eden. Treasure trove, treasure trove. It's very distracting. Sorry, I'm, I feel I'm like to... I'm in the canyon <laughs> getting chased. I'm just trying to add a bit of emphasis to the point. I'm canyon, not... <laughs> canyon, canyon, canyon. <laughs> 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 Take shots. that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> See, I'm just trying to do like a bit of... Because sometimes it's the Patreon the plugs are a bit boring and it's, right. it becomes a bit you like mechanical. Eight men? No, just some sound effects and things to keep people interested. Okay, well... Because people uh, tune out, I think, when they hear do, Patreon. Do you think? Yeah. Jesus, I thought it was pretty exciting. Anyway, uh, I'll keep going. Try and keep it to a minimum. I don't want to get too distracted. It's fine. we so got to wrap Patreon. up anyway. Patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. This paranormal life. <laughs> don't be lighter than me. Like, just <laughs> then back, you need think backing vocals. Well, then you need to speak up. Because I'm, I'm going to speak my normal voice. All right. It's fine. But I'm don't a, be upset. Well, don't be upset. I'm if fine. I'm not upset. I'm not All upset right. yet. Like, just if you don't, I'll keep. I'll keep it down. I'll do. I'll do whispers or something. There's a treasure trove of bonus treasure episodes trove. we've been making for uh, over a year at this point. So there's there's a ton of them. Fuck load. In last month's episode, we investigated whether the world ended in 2012. Something we all have been thinking about. I bet ever since that date. Did it end in 2012? Nice. Additionally, from 20 bucks, you can get your hands on the official uniform of this this paranormal life. Give me that shirt, you piece of shit! I don't ha- understand how this is adding to the experience at all. It's just background noise that it's makes not it a background. little bit... It's very much the foreground. You're leaning into the mic as far as you possibly can. I just want to make sure it's coming through okay. Yeah. Because you're talking... You're, is. you're just... You're I'm saying, with headphones in, I can tell. You're talking so much and I feel like people aren't even going to hear what I'm trying to say as well. Just Is this about me do it, getting to do the pitch? Because Yeah, you I actually wanted to do the pitch this week. I wanted to talk about the podcast. You could have just said. Well, fine, let me do it then. Okay, go. So... Blah, 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 blah. So, um, patreon.com forward yep. slash this paranormal okay, life. Well, we already said all that, but like. For, for, from a little bit of money from your wallet every month, yeah. giving the, putting the money in a, a online and giving it to us it's not means that every week you get access to a monthly episode of the show, This Paranormal Life. It's a bonus episode that's not uh, one of the regular ones. You know, there's a reason I did this. From five bucks a month that was the reward i've already said that shit from twenty dollars okay. a month you yeah. get access to a access, t-shirt access to a t-shirt do you <laughs> is it in a lock box twenty dollars a month you get access to a monthly t-shirt that no, is sent don't get a monthly one, t-shirt one, sent once in a, one month of the whole 12 months and you never get it again. <laughs> okay, so why mention the 12 months? It's a bargain, and you'd be... And if you're trying to sell people at something, don't use the words, never get it again. It's a bargain, and not to be too crass, Good. but you're a f-ing moron if you don't do wow, it. Wow, so... okay. Well, I'm glad we got both of those pitches in the can. Yeah. We can edit those together, sure. maybe even. Cammy, just pick whichever one flowed better. If you think Kit's... Fine. If you think mine, obviously, sure, that's fine too. If you want to keep them both in, that's a double that's pitch a, for the that's Patreon. That's a bad idea. We'll see numbers just jump. Probably not. It's gonna be great. And at the end, do you want me to do the? Do you want me to do the shoutouts? Fine. At the end of every week's episode, um, towards the end, we like to thank everyone that was smart enough to invest in the Patreon, where you can get all of these rewards okay, we already for the show rewards, so the muchos gracias to yeah muchos gracias thanks ciao thank you 
Thank you to Zachary. If it isn't Zach Attack, the dude is always packing a snack. If you're going to go on any nighttime monkey adventures, you want to bring Zach. He's got it all. Dairyly Lunchables, um, fruit roll-ups. Is it just snacks for children? Mostly snacks for children, but adults can eat them. I think it's the not problem illegal. with that, Zach, is that those are uh, eight men delicacies, and you do not want to track them. To of course. You, you want to eat uh, things that repel apes, such as... They can't stand rice, Zach, so you're going to want to pack <laughs> as much rice as you can possibly fit in that backpack. You don't even have room for a bag or container of any kind. Just get plain old white rice and fill up the backpack to the brim. Yeah. Wait, you said you didn't have room for a backpack. <laughs> Just gonna <laughs> hold the rice in the palm of your hand. Have a grain a day until you find the beast. Thanks also to Lee Jackson. Lee Jackson is relaxing. This guy kicks it harder than anyone I know. You ever hear the term, if they were any more laid back, they'd be horizontal? No. This guy's six foot under. Whoa. He's so relaxed, he's goddamn dead. So he has been for years. So he is horizontal. I guess so. So horizontal, he died? <laughs> That's pretty it turns chill. Out if you're <laughs> you're that relaxed you actually forget to eat and drink and breathe wow lee teach me your ways if i could just get one tenth of that level of chill thanks for uh leaving a little something in the will lee thanks also to magical playlist people think that this is just a playlist on spotify of magical songs right but it's more of a spell uh that where you when you type in the playlist and hit search lightning bolts start coming out of your phone really? frogs Whoa. eyes of newt all this magic shit just starts pouring out of the thing very impractical like you can't even use it really in a in a duel or something because you never know what's going to come out but it's a pretty magical playlist that does what it says on the tin spotify know about this hell no absolutely not they shut it down f***ing muggles <laughs> thanks to quivine brosnan quivine only likes the finest cuisine if you even approach him with a tray of chicken dippers he will slap that tray right out of your hands which i think we established last episode is the only food in the commune so yeah chicken poppers you might want to pack a lunch cuisine <laughs> yeah there's not a lot of caviar in the paranormal commune no 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 we only have crab eggs which is <laughs> the the peasant's uh caviar yeah after the egg shortage of a few episodes ago we promised everyone infinite eggs we didn't say what species we did not so if you like crab eggs <laughs> thanks also to rowan Ryder. rowan Ryder is straight up a superhero name that is the name of a man who can ride anything immediately like just pick it up and ride it what do you mean like a skateboard a bike a horse Right, he just he literally take lessons. No, he can just immediately ride it. Just like Jason Bourne, he's trained in every sort of riding possible. <laughs> of course, but even things that shouldn't be read, like oh. a golf ball. Really? Yeah, that's just like he just just like a clown just <laughs> scoots around on wow. it. Wow, can ride anything. This crazy son of a bitch. What about a tree? He's done it. Really? Yeah, straight down a hill once. It was crazy. That's insane. It was insane. He just karate chops it clean off its <laughs> trunk and then just, again, much like the golf ball, just, yeah. Which, also, if you can karate chop a tree in half, mm. I mean, that's already a pretty good power to have. That'll kill a man. You don't really need to be able to also ride anything. True. But he's a pretty cool guy. You can do both. Thanks also to James Maynell. James Maynell can 
main all characters in any game ever. Whoa! He's a bit like Rowan Ryder, but instead of riding things, it's a little bit less useful, I'll be honest. <laughs> but he can he can pick up any character and crush like that. Wow. Like Smash Bro, Street Fighter, Overwatch, doesn't matter. Also, unrelated, but he can't ride shit. No. He can't ride a bike. No, 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 he can't, no, no. let alone a goddamn tree. Zero balance. He actually, he can't even sit upright. He's got a game lying horizontally. He, he tried to karate chop a plank and yep. shattered his wrist. <laughs> He's still crushed in that Street Fighter tournament that month, though, with one hand. Of course. Wow, that's badass. Thanks to Verena Schallert. You gotta be careful because Verena shall hurt you. Whoa. She shall. She's too strong for her own good. You know, even if she's just like giving you a little hug. Right. Goodbye. Okay. Crushes your bones. Really? Yeah, it's Why? a real like um like Hulk style that you can't right. control it. She's just like Verena hug. <laughs> and just crushes your ribs. You're Obliterate like, it, please. <laughs> no, love is too strong. <laughs> Wow, to have someone as powerful as Verena supporting our podcast fills me with confidence and fear. So mm. thank you for your support. Thank you too, Malcolm Mossman. Malcolm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. It sounds like we should be investigating you. 100%. You sound like an episode. You are a cryptid, sir. Uh, you're not fooling anyone by putting a simple Malcolm at the start of your obviously cryptid name. The Mossman. The Mossman of God knows wherever you're from, Malcolm. <laughs> oh shit, London. <gasps> <laughs> Moss fills the room. <laughs> Thanks also to Terry M. Roberts. Terry, you're not fooling anyone with your short name. You're obviously a pterodactyl. Oh, we should be course. investigating you. you. It will surprise you to, to, to hear this, folks, but 90% of our Patreon supporters are cryptids, beasts, mm -hmm. ghosts, and demons. Yeah. And dinosaurs, like Terry herself. They're hiding in plain sight. It's true. Terry's right here with her little dinosaur wings, dropping her fossilized pennies into the the bucket of the paleontologist peasants. And we're grateful as hell, so thank you for your support, Terry. And a bit like Animal Crossing style, as, as paleontologists, we're turning up at local museums with new pterodactyl eggs. Yeah. And they're going, where the f*** <laughs> did you find these? These are precious as hell. And we're like, we ain't telling shit. Just give me the cash, blathers. <laughs> This isn't, they're like, this isn't how this works. You don't get cash. Thanks also to Lachlan McCauley. Every night, Lachlan gets locked in. What? This son of a bitch is a werewolf. They can't let him out on a full moon. Yet another paranormal entity. Another paranormal entity supporting us with whatever his version of money is. I guess he's like part wolf, so like he's given us birds, it's like dead like birds. Yeah, yeah. Dead stuff. Leaves, thinking that's like worth some money to that us. That ain't currency, Lachlan. It's not We're gonna currency. Need straight up cashola. We're gonna need you to freaking bite us, turn us into werewolves, so I can podcast edit through the night in wolf mode, which I assume is faster than human mode. I think Pro Tools does have a wolf mode <laughs> as well. But thank you, you can howl to control <laughs> Thank you for your support. Thanks, lastly, but not leastly, to Rob Mulkey. Not a lot of people know, Rob Mulkey is actually short for Robert Multiple Key. Uh, <laughs> he has a key to just about everywhere. Wow. I don't know how, I don't know why. It makes him a great danger to society. Because you can you can be like Lachlan, you can lock your goddamn door. Uh-oh. Robert's still rummaging around in there. He can get in. He can get in anywhere. He's even got the key to our own hearts. 
by supporting uh, us on Patreon. That's great and all, but we have the keys back to the commune, Rob. We're locked out. We really need them back. Thanks to everyone we've shouted out today and everyone we've shouted out in the past and everyone we are yet to shout out. We are uh, slowly but surely getting through um, our beautiful list of patrons, so thanks for sticking in there. Uh, as always, if you were a long time ago and you think we might have missed you, we do occasionally uh, F up that way. Um, do let us know. But otherwise, we're getting there. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in, folks. Hope you enjoyed this two-parter. And we'll be back with a brand new Paranormal Case next week. Bye-bye, folks. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.